Welcome to the Cover Tube Podcast. It is uh, J Mac and our boy Tim Kelly here on a fine Wednesday evening. Uh, we're going to go through the busy first week of the college football season and short week. Short week. It is a short week. Labor Day was Monday. Did yeah. you Did you enjoy Labor Day? I did. This is going to be uh, coming up Saturday. It will be three tailgating experiences in eight days. Well, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Now, now because typically um, <clears throat> Labor Day is, is designed to do a whole lot of nothing, but you experience traffic and pastures, from mm-hmm. my understanding. Up to Clemson, South Carolina. Good times? It was good times. We had no idea where we were going, and I'm sure that uh, the, the seasoned Clemson tailgater would know better places to tailgate, but... We still found a nice little shady spot near some Clemson fans. We erected all our Georgia tents and <laughs> Georgia chairs, and you'll be happy to know, Jay Mack, that I couldn't decide what to wear. And I was like, well, should I even try to choose team colors for one of the teams? Because I really didn't care. So I was like, well, I'll just go with the Georgia stuff. So I wore my Georgia hat, and then it was, you know, it was going to be hot out, so I didn't want to wear like a dark red yeah. or black shirt. My white shirt. I had two white shirts. One that I wore to the game on Saturday, still in the wash. Right. The other one was the one that fell that, that is close to falling apart, so I'm not going to waste it on a game I don't care all that much about. Right, right. So the next logical choice was the Season of Desire shirt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, I, I kid you not, I was getting ready to ask if you wore the Season of Desire shirt. So. I did. Yes, the front says, stupid is, stupid does, Georgia Institute of Technology in the back. 1994, the Season of Desire. <laughs> And I'll, I'll have you know that I had more than at least, I, right off the top of my head, thinking I had three comments on the shirt. <laughs> One particular fan asked me to turn around and then just said, nice, <laughs> up in the stands. And that was great. And then another guy just heckled me, a drunk Clemson student, who said, uh, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm just here to watch the game. He said, this ain't Athens. And that was it. I said it should. I said it should be. And then he yelled back at me, something indecipherable. That's okay. Um... That season of Desire shirt, let's see, 94, I was a sophomore in high school, so I think I paid five bucks for that. Mm. And you got to also look back at Georgia history, 94 was really an awful time because you would, Georgia was scoring like 48 points a game, but giving up 62 points a game, so it was like we were a Conference USA whack era team. So. Yeah, solid 6-4 in one year. Uh, that, that tie to Vanderbilt? Uh, that tie? No, that they lost to Vanderbilt, forty-three to thirty. <laughs> Good times. Tie to Auburn, twenty-three twenty-three. Yes, because that ended the uh, that ended Bowden's winning streak at Auburn. Because mm-hmm. we treated that like it was a victory. Okay. That's how sad the mid late nineties era was. I my my new job. I, I share a space with a student worker, and she's a senior, I believe, junior or senior. I, th- I think a senior. And she was talking about how last year was so disappointing and, and, you know, it just drives me nuts to go to the games because of how bad they were last year. And I was like, listen, you did not go to school in the mid to late 90s. When your (laughs) first ever Georgia game is a uh, loss to, was it Southern Miss? Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. That's, I mean, that's bad. When... When you don't beat any of your rivals for about a two or three year span, that's just bad. Yeah, and even comparatively, late 90s isn't all that bad compared to most other schools. I mean, 
Clemson, that's considered Bowden's been there for nine years, just going eight and four, seven and five, six and six. I and, can't believe they've kept him around this long. Well, I can't believe it either, judging by some of the play calling there late in the third quarter <laughs> of that game. I gotta say that we were watching just baffled. And when I was with some Florida I was with one Florida State fan, and then uh, me and John Hart didn't really care one way or the other, outside of John's uh, parlay bet that he had on Florida State. So he was he had monetary interest, but that was about it. But we watched the second half, just Tommy Bowden just he must have had some courier walk uh, invitation <laughs> over there to his father to get back into the game. He's like, here you go. Come on back in. RSVP to me. Well, he just felt bad for beating up on his dad so bad. Um, I, I, I'm curious to hear a little more about, um, about Clemson itself. You know, this is, it's like you know, a trip into a strange new land. We, I've been to Georgia away games, um, but it's always involving Georgia. So I've never been to a – well, I take that back. I do take that back. I did go see – when I was in college and Florida State had work done, I went and saw a tech play uh, mm. work done one night. Okay. So, uh, well, I will say that it was strikingly similar to, yeah. it felt very much the same, just like if you just took all everybody out of orange and purple or whatever their, their colors technically called, um, and put them all in red and black, it would be the exact same, practically. Um, same sort of atmosphere, same sort of vibe uh, when we were walking through campus. Like I said, we were, we were sort of on the outskirts. Uh, of where everybody else was tailgating, but when we walked in towards the stadium, it was very similar. Just everyone set up wherever they could on mm-hmm. campus. Stadium's right there on campus. Mm-hmm. And uh, one good thing, all free parking. The entire, everywhere on, everywhere really? on campus, free parking. Not bad. That's... Yeah, so we, uh, we thought we were getting away with it. Our car's going to be towed, but then we found out later. Some guy's like, nah, it's all free. But when we got into the stadium, very nice atmosphere. Very, it's loud, just, you know, 80-plus thousand uh, you can see the lake off in the distance I've, I've heard it it's one of the prettiest places for a night game very nice yes it was and then I guess a nice road you know it's, like I said stands around campus the road runs right by one of the open ends of the field where the rock and the hill are right and so about 10 minutes for the game I noticed you know because it was choked with people trying to get to the stadium and then about mm-hmm. 10 minutes for the game the road is completely empty so like they shut down the road I guess that right. whole road and then a couple minutes before the game, they put up traffic cams up on the uh, on the video board, mm-hmm. and you can see the buses coming through campus mm-hmm. with all the players. And uh, then they the buses, all three buses, pull up, and all the players just run off the bus, get right up the rock, touch the rock, and then they storm down the hill. Yeah, see, that's pretty cool. And the that's... hill, the hill is the student section or part of the student section. Mm-hmm. So the players are hitting the rock and then they're jumping up and down. They're slapping high fives the whole see, way that's, down. That's cool. I mean, and that's then really the cool. and then the ramp where they run down, it just fills in with students behind the players, like as all the students rush to get that spot. Now I got to ask this question: Was it louder than Sanford Stadium? Like on average? I mean, because I've been, you know, the LSU game in. Oh four was incredibly loud. Yeah, um, and then elements parts of the Tech game last year was about as loud as I've heard at Sanford Stadium. But I didn't notice it being any louder. All right, all right. But again, it's it's also open on both sides essentially. This is the first year apparently they they did put an enclosure on one side, and uh, I don't know if that's made any difference. But to me, it wasn't all that loud. Upper deck very steep. Ah oh, yes, uh, steeper than Knoxville. It is. I don't know. I've never. I have been in the upper deck in Knoxville. Uh, you had your. You had your. My your phone, phone finger, finger stolen, stolen there. Yeah. I don't know. This did seem a little bit steeper. Huh. That's that's a little frightening because yeah. Knoxville is a is a terrifying place to watch a game. Yeah. For a variety of reasons, but I, I truly feel as if I was going to tumble to my death at any moment. And I had like like eighth row. I had really good seats <laughs> for that game. Um, but overall, I give high marks to Clemson. 
You know, it was a good game to go. Night game, nationally televised, Florida State, Bowden Bowl. So. Well, the follow-up question for that, Tim Kelly, is how is uh, getting to and from Clemson? Oh, that is – well, getting to Clemson <laughs> was fine. We didn't have any trouble getting in. I imagine an early – like a noon game, that's going to be trouble. That And that was the trouble getting out. Leaving at like 82,000, whatever, how many it holds <laughs> – Everyone leaving at the exact same time on the one road that goes to the interstate. Yeah, that's kind of bad. So we left the stadium, I was, I'm venturing to say 11.30, 11.45, whenever that game finally ended. Um, and I was safe and sound back in Athens at 4 a.m. <laughs> and you had to be at work at when? I had to, well, technically I had to be at work at 9, but I rolled the dice. <laughs> and I got in at 10.30 and they were fine with it. So well, that's good, that's yeah, good, that's yeah. good. Um, well, all right. I, I was I was I was hoping to go, but I could not pull the trigger. I had a we had a had photos to be taken right. the next day, so I had to look my best. Are these glamour shots? No, uh, I mean similar. I mean I, I usually have those done in October. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, is there airbrushing and mascara involved for you? Uh, well, I mean most typical days I do that. Okay. Um, I, I like dressing up like Gene Simmons. You know, do you? That late seventies era for Kiss. Oh, okay. Um, no, this was, uh, I did have to wear all black, and I don't know if, you know, the average uh, listener knows what I look like, but short and pale people with dark hair don't look good in all black, yeah. but I put my hand, I put, I mean, I put it in the hands of a photographer, I told her she knew what she was doing, and, uh, you know, she's a professional, why not, but uh, our child was good, she did not cry a whole lot, so that was nice. Good. But, uh, so, that, that's a little Clemson update, I, I, I enjoyed that, um. If, if you if you do hear crying, it's my child in the background screaming. So, just you know, bear with it. Um, I guess we'll look at the week that was really quick. This will flow in, you know, to a little bit to the Tent City update. Um, but a lot of stuff happened. Uh, we watched, uh, you know, but my little side story of the Appalachian State Michigan game is my cousin is a senior at Appalachian State and was in Ann Arbor for the game. Really? Yes. He, uh, we exchanged several text messages throughout the game. Um, he, uh, he told me before the game that he just wanted to go. When was he ever going to go to Ann Auburn? It was a great excuse to go. So he and his dad and a bunch of his fraternity buddies went up there. He said it was a cool atmosphere. All Appalachian State fans in the plane from Charlotte going up there. And um, he goes, oh, you know, we know we're going to get killed. We're just going to have a good time. Of course, they win, and I talked to him on Labor Day, and he says, you know, I really thought we had a chance in going in there. I, I really felt <laughs> good about our chances. I was like, no, you didn't. Good old revisionist history. I mean, yeah, I mean, you played well, and, you know, you, you caught him on a down week, and you have, as far as Division Double A, by far superior talent compared to everybody else, but you didn't think you were going to win going in. No. So He probably did after about, you know, 12 pregame beers. Steven's a big kid. He can put a few away. All right, 30. Um, yeah. yeah. I, uh, that, Maybe 12 that, pregame cases. That, that's a bold statement, but I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Because the cans, you know, he's, he's about your height, um, and he's also like 275. Uh -huh. So the can is like a little miniature can in his hand. Does it's, he even bother to open the can, or does he just chew it whole? <laughs> he swallows them like pills, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just explode in his stomach. <laughs> yes. and and he's like, delicious, but like five <laughs> minutes later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen it happen, don't, don't doubt. His, my uncle, his father, is a big Scotch man. He goes through a routine, like on Thanksgiving, he'll drink, and he's, he's a sturdy fellow too, playing basketball on offensive line. 
Um, by the way, this none of this in the McGinney side of the family. Right. We're all, yeah, okay, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> we're all tiny. Okay. Um, but my Uncle Mac, um, he'll drink a few beers, a little, little pre-meal kind of few beers, have a glass or two of wine at dinner, and then he closes with scotch. Um, oh, I thought you meant, like, scotch tape. I was saying, so yes, well, big you, scotch tape man, hates 3M. Yes. Um, Mac, uh, Mac likes to talk politics okay. um, after he's had a few drinks, and he is the complete opposite politically speaking than me so it's usually fun for him to get a little loose and then try talking some politics with me so right. that's a good time i really enjoy it and julie he, leaves the room at that point and ends the you guys 30 style boxing yes which um he would beat the tar out of me if he could ever catch me <laughs> um so you're 30 style running i i, I lots of ducking sprinting yeah. i poke it to my eyes now and then good um, so they, so Appalachian State beat Michigan. Um, others, other surprise. Do you have any thoughts on the Michigan Appalachian State? I would say a debacle, but it's kind of fun watching the Big Ten slip up like that to me. Well, yeah, we we were watching from from uh, Tent City, and uh, we had a little we had a little run in with a satellite early. I guess maybe some new foliage is blocking our <laughs> signal. So we, or maybe you know loose connections. We weren't really sure. sure. We we're having trouble getting a signal, and then you know I kind of stayed out of it except for throwing the occasional taunt to the people that were actually working. <laughs> was now I can envision uh, John Hart hands in the hip. John was pacing around like yes, that he was like waiting to find out if his lover made it out of a like a auto wreck or something. <laughs> He's like, come on, all right, we're gonna pull through this, everybody. <laughs> and uh, Scott. Scott was the one actively working. Yes, yes, exactly, and uh, definitely really, not. Really, gotta take your head off of that guy. Yes, and not enjoying my the occasional, um, <laughs> not even all that funny, but hilarious to me uh, taunts thrown his way. He did not enjoy those. But anyway, we uh, finally got Josh Massey on the horn to uh, try to correct the problem with Directv people. And from the the secondhand stories I found, which I, I've heard that I'm not entirely sure if they're accurate, but apparently they were upset about you know not giving Josh his correct package so they said well we're going to give you all the football channels oh wow for this month so when we finally got it up and running we had the Big 10 network oh so you could you could watch the game so we were watching the game wow which led to a random assortment of passers by uh, stopping by and we would be throwing high fives until i realized i didn't know who they were <laughs> then i slapped a beer bottle over their heads and, yeah Per usual attention. But anyway, yeah, we got to watch the game, and uh, it was pretty enjoyable. Of course, no one was rooting for Michigan. But and you'd be surprised, you became a huge Appalachian State fan in the oh, span yeah. of like two and a half hours. Yeah. I mean, to the point where I called my cousin, and I said, Stephen, you've got to get me one of those Michigan Who shirts. Oh, yeah. So he said, all right, I'm going to the bookstore, buy one for you now. John was so, he was so enamored with the Appalachian State team, the, you know, the whole story. That he wanted to go out and buy a jersey, like, immediately. <laughs> but he, he were like, John, there's nowhere you can buy an Appalachian State jersey. So then he proceeded to borrow a pocket knife and carve it into his own flesh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, John's intense. I mean, he, when he finds something he loves, he, um, he, he, he yeah. really he he makes it his own. Yeah, he doesn't half-ass that. Yeah. Um, I, I have a... I got irrationally into... What I still consider the best non-Georgia football game I've ever seen, which was the uh, Southern Cal-Texas national title game a couple of years ago. And I really was pulling for Texas to win that game. And uh, me and uh, Matt Duvall were watching it, and uh, we were running around. And we were at some bar downtown, and we were so excited about it when, when they actually won. We made a pledge to buy all sorts of Texas national title paraphernalia, which never came true, of course, but... 
To this day, I would kind of like to get a Texas National Championship shirt. I don't know. You could probably get them marked down by now. They gotta be at least seven dollars somewhere. Absolutely. Um, well, good. That, that's a, that's a, that's exciting. Now, now we're we're gonna have a fuller tent city update. We're gonna call your wife. Yes. I was thinking since we did this early, why don't we go into? Uh, well, I'll shift the schedule around and we'll jump into four insane borderline uh, okay. impossible questions All from right. Tim Kelly right now. You know, I was I was sort of getting my courage worked up for it, but you're kind of springing okay. it on me. But I think I can handle it. All right. I mean, just take a few deep breaths. But. Okay. Four questions. Uh, they're insane ones. They're borderline impossible. Question number one. In the movie RoboCop 2, RoboCop parks in front of his wife and son's home. I guess his former wife and son's home. After taking out a drug facility. He's questioned by the lawyers for why he's doing that. The lawyers leave, and his wife comes out to talk with him. Cause no more trouble for her, no more anguish or grief. Robocop did the worst thing possible by saying what? <laughs> I, you know, I don't think I've ever seen Robocop 2. It's a shame. But I will say, let's see, by saying, I wish I never became Robocop. Um, I, I was going to say that's close, but it's really actually the sort of opposite. Oh. Uh, he tells her he doesn't know her. He does this because, as a RoboCop, as man, now machine, he is unable to love her and have any sort of emotional wow. attachment to Look her. So it's not fair for her. So he pretends that the face, which is the former human Alex Murphy, by the way, um, is, is was only done in memory of Alex Murphy, that he's really nothing at all like Alex Murphy. Wow, that is deep. A little bit. They have like Zen Buddhist, right? Robocop Robo mm -hmm. too? Wow, mm -hmm. incredible. Um, all right, well, you gave that a good go. Yeah. Okay. All right, Oprah one. Here's a geography question. You are in Peru, <laughs> crossing a red gravel desert. There are lots of yellowish pathways seeming to lead nowhere. Your guide tells you that when you look down from an airplane, you can see that these lines are drawings. One of them is a monkey. Another is a hummingbird. Mm -hmm. What are these lines known as? Mm. These are known as the <clears throat> the monkey hummingbird axis in Machu Picchu. <laughs> um, I want to give you credit for that one because I mean that's it's the exact. It, uh, if you if if somebody could jump from that spot. And, and just continue in infinite, like up into space. On October 13th, they hit Venus, I think. Wow, okay. Yeah. Actually, they're called the Nazca Lines. Oh, okay. I've never heard of that, but it was intriguing, so I figured we'd go with that. I'm gonna go with mine. Okay. Uh, question number three. This is similar to the competition question. that. Okay, I like, yeah, I can, put I, can, last I can handle these. Okay. Last year at Tent City, uh, Dave Akins, yeah. Drank a 14-ounce cup of gravy on a deer and for some money. Right. Tim, I'm going to name some things for you, and you tell me if you'll drink them, and drink them for the stated price I give you. Okay? Okay. Or drink or eat. Okay. First one, eight ounces of melted butter for $25. Yeah, I would definitely do that. Okay. <laughs> That's not even... Yeah, definitely. Um... A can of cream cheese frosting for $15. Yeah, sure. 
I mean, that's a big can of frosting. I mean, like, I don't, yeah, we're talking about just the regular can. Yeah. That's gonna be. That's gonna be. I don't want to do it like in the middle of a tailgate or anything. <laughs> but if it was just like I was really hungry, I could do it. Let's ask. Let's ask my wife, Julie. Would you drink eight ounces of melted butter for twenty-five dollars? No. Twenty-five dollars. I mean, just eight ounces of melted butter. It's over in a swig. <laughs> just. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, two or three, definitely, at least. I mean, you'll be working it off for a while. You sure? You sure? Are you ready for this? We're, this is question number three. What? What? All right, everybody. My daughter has joined us now, and my <laughs> wife has passed her off to me. She is very unsure about me holding her right now. All right, Tim, the last one, uh, if you're not looking here. I'm not looking. Would you eat a bowl of John Hart's hair for $100? No. <laughs> well, well, I mean, no, I would not. I mean, he keeps it cut pretty short. Yeah. So you wouldn't be eating a lot. That's, but, you know, I don't want to have, quote unquote, John Hart inside me. <laughs> well, who does? <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we'll go to question number four. Uh, interesting. Georgia has played in the Peach Bowl five times. Who do they face in their first appearance? In their first appearance? Mm hmm. Hmm. I will say Virginia Tech. Sort of close. Virginia? No. No. Though that was my wife's guess. The correct answer, Maryland. Really? They won 17 to 16 in 1973. Oh, God, the 73 Terps. That was, that was a good team. With Johnson and Smith <laughs> and Jones, they were. Tim, can you, can you tell us what my daughter's wearing, by the way? It is a t-shirt which says I can't read tax deduction oh, oh. CPA humor CPA humor for you was that the last pacifier boil one good that, that's that's a saving grace right there <laughs> all right we had a pacifier emergency we're, we're good to go now well, uh, Tim, that's the, that's the four questions. Did you? Uh, did you? I think you really thrive on those uh, those scenario competition ones. Yeah, I own those. Okay. And I got. I still got the the hummingbird monkey access. So. Okay. Well, uh, well, I think we'll we'll flow in. We'll go back do a little more tent city updating, and let's uh, let's talk to your wife. Do you All right. uh, should be. We should be ready to go. Let's uh, let's call her. Okay. I don't even know her number. Is that sad? Um, no, I don't know my wife's cell phone number. Is that okay? I just said that she's... I, I have it programmed in. All right. I call her on uh, late nights. Spill my heart. Good. Like a, your own personal love line? Yes. So, uh, Tim, we'll let you... you let us... It's your wife. You can get us started there. Okay. I like how her name is Dr. Dirty on the uh, phone here. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? You are on the podcast. I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're doing we're doing just fine now. Now, uh, now, Carrie, um, I understand that you have been interested in being on our podcast for quite a while. I have. I, I've been a little bit uh, jealous of some of the other people that have gotten time for me, but I finally have my time to shine now. So. Now, uh, Carrie, you're, you're, you're are, are we, are we in Greenville right now? We, we are in Greenville right now. How is uh, how, 
how is Greenville treating us? It's treating me good. Treating me good. It's hot. But I think it's pretty much hot everywhere, so. That's all right. Mm -hmm. Nothing um, gets the podcast going like weather comments, Carrie. <laughs> we're, we're, well, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I was just kidding. So, Carrie, uh, Carrie was concerned that she was going to say something very... Um, let's say what, what what did you say? You you don't want to sound like Miss Teen South Carolina, so I was just I was just trying to. Uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know I'm here, so it, it, you know, hopefully won't rub off on me or anything like that. Well, Carrie, the question I have for you off the bat, Tim answered. You know, he did his four questions a little while ago. One of them was the scenarios again, and he said he would drink uh, eight ounces of melted butter for twenty five dollars. Would you do that? Um, as his wife, I. I would say, first of all, that no, I would not do that. <laughs> and second of all, he cannot do that. So it, um, it's, it's a hypothetical. That, that, is, <laughs> that is my wifely and um, doctory oral, so to say. Well, what, what sort of medical consequences are we looking at for the consumption of eight ounces of melted butter? Dealing with you whining about a stomach ache all night. Oh, so there's, there's no medical consequences. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean he, he could eat, you know, like 15 hot wings and get that. But I mean, like, medically, we're not going to, like, spike his cholesterol if he just downs melted butter. Um, I don't think so. Acutely, no. I mean, if he did it every day, probably. Yes, all right. Well, so, I mean, you'll be dealing with me complaining about the butter, but you'll also be dealing with 25 cold dollar bills in your pocket. <laughs> Eight. Eight. Is that like two sticks? Ooh, God, that's a good question. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's melted, so you wouldn't even know. I think it's a lot more than Wait, two sticks of melted butter. When is this going to happen? No, yeah. this, this, is, this, this is, is all hypothetical. Um, the only person who would really do something this stupid is Dave. Well, yeah. let's, let's be honest. It was just 14 ounces of gravy. It was impressive. I mean, we were... I mean, it, it's still one of the more awesome things I've ever seen. I agree. I agree. It is one of the more awesome things I've ever seen. Well, we, we, uh, we called you up for a thorough Ten City update. Do you have anything to offer from the goings-on at Ten City? I, we, we, we sort of covered the, uh, the signal debacle and uh, Scott's valiant effort to get it going and all of ours valiant effort making fun of him for not doing it earlier. Um, do you have anything, uh, what, what's, what sort of stood out for you this past week? Um, well, you know, I did like our neighbors, and they were quite, quite helpful with us um, getting our satellite, or their satellite, set up on RTV. So, as you already probably talked about, luckily that turned out quite well. We actually did um, not. That was, we, we just went into, finally, I, I didn't say how we finally got the signal, and that was by hooking into our neighbor's uh satellite signal. Fair Scott enough. had somehow rigged our satellite into their own and we were using their signal and which led to the comment by somebody that they were smaller than our tailgate and that we think that we could possibly invade them and take them over <laughs> so they would sort of be like our Czechoslovakia. Very true. Or yeah. our Poland, you know. I, I, that, that's, that's, that's true. We haven't, we haven't had a, a good old-fashioned war yet in no, that city. And I think we've grown and we're strong enough where we can take somebody over. Yes. Well, I think that they, they noted early on the um, gargantuanness, is that a word? I sure. Think that's 
of our tailgate and uh, and made a peace offering early with the generator that they offered to us in the beginning, and which they ended up having to use ours because of a massive oil spill they caused <laughs> from their generator. They did. It was like the Exxon Valdez, just oil <laughs> spilling out all in front of Mary Linden Hall. And then they pleaded with us to use our generator, and we're like, well, we'll cut a deal. Can we use your satellite signal? And they were like, all right, fine. <laughs> but little did they know that slowly we're the, the Ten City military is plotting in the back about how to how to annex this. this uh, Who's who's in charge of the military for Ten City? Yeah, I don't know who's in charge of the military. I thought I was in charge of the secret police. Are you? Um, we're, all about, we're all about peace at Ten City, so, you know... <laughs> Right. We yes. Like, definitely. We like to keep it peaceful. Right. We definitely are. We're we're a peaceful people. So uh, tell us a little bit about your the drink that you concocted last week and the yeah. drink that you plan to concoct for South Carolina. Because for those who don't know, Carrie is the official bartender of Tent City. Right. I am that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but last week was the Yokohama, obviously due to the Oklahoma State. Um, and it involved vodka, gin, and orange juice, grenadine, and a little bit of anise liqueur. Ooh. And, and it tasted exactly like grapefruit juice. Okay, that's good. Good, okay. good. So, and actually, I don't know what I'm making quite yet for this weekend because I left these books that I used in Athens. Can it, oh, can wow. it involve, um, I have a couple cans of chicken stock here, and we are playing the game cards. <laughs> Make something happen with okay. that. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I see that mixing with some cream de cacao. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We already had this conversation this past week where some of Carrie's concoctions didn't quite fly off the, uh, the shelf last year because of some odd choices in the mixing. So tell us what was one of them. What was it? It was bourbon and, and chocolate or no, something? No, it was, it was the Commodore, and it was, um, it was whiskey or bourbon. Uh, cream de cacao, <laughs> which is cream of chocolate liqueur, and lemon juice oh. and grenadine. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, you're, that's good. It's it's like this creamy chocolate whiskey <laughs> and some citrusy fruity all in one right before a, a day game. I remember, I distinctly remember that being made and it being passed around going, good lord, this tastes terrible. Taste it. Oh man, this is awful. Why don't you try this? That was a. Uh, we, you know, this year I'm going more for a crowd appeal, uh, crowd appeal rather than uh, shock value, which oh. is what I was going for last Again, year. so yeah. she's crowd appeal, and nothing says, you know, nothing makes the crowds go yay like grapefruit juice. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I mean, if, if one can incorporate milk, some sort of dairy product, that, that'd be good. Um, yeah. That's all well, I really the, asked for. The actual, the drink that I had initially thought I was going to make last week, which was called a cowboy, for obvious reasons, <laughs> was, consisted of bourbon mixed with any flavored yogurt. So <laughs> I decided to go against that one, uh, considering how the Commodore did last year. Oh, wow. You should have just made a couple shots of that for, <laughs> for whoever was brave enough. I would, I would think that would be very thick. I mean, Yeah, I imagine. I guess uh, you'd have to kind of blend it so it would liquefy a little bit. Anytime you have to use the word liquefy when you're making a <laughs> mixed drink, uh, it's probably not the best, going to be the best thing you've ever had. Yeah. That, that's a good assessment. Um, so, uh, well, well, I guess. Yeah, we're probably going to get on to the picks now, Carrie, so we're going to let you go. All right. Now, we, we can All give right. you, we can give you, a game. you, you want to pick one of the games here? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, give me one. Uh, all right. Um, let's give you uh, Miami at Oklahoma. Oh, 
Mm, just saying. Hmm, now, are we picking straight up or are we going? We're going straight up. Straight up? Alright, uh. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Miami. Miami, okay. So that's, a good call. that's that's interesting. Well, give me some um, background on this pick. The background is uh, quite extensive, actually. It <laughs> involves me um, deciding who I think might win based on not really knowing anything about either team. <laughs> so basically, I just said the first name I thought. Of. Interesting. That's that's yeah. also. Incidentally, Lou Holtz's method. Yes, very much so. Um, the only, yeah, only yeah. difference is you your lisp is a little less pronounced. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I actually I should have probably started the answer like personally as a U.S. citizen, <laughs> I feel that Miami won because of South Africa. Right. Yes. Something involving the Iraq. The team. Iraq. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Very so, good. Well, uh, well, well, Carrie, we we thank you for joining us. We, um, you know, I'm I'm hoping that I can, I can sample one of these yogurt flavored alcoholic beverages you produce one day. Um, so that, you know, you, you you keep you keep that in mind. If you can find something which incorporates incorporates chicken broth, I'll be impressed. I I probably could, but uh, I doubt anybody else would like that. But I'll make one special for you, Jonathan. Thank you, ma'am. Well, Carrie, thank All you for right. joining us here, uh, and we will we will talk to you a bit later on then. All right, talk to y'all later. All right, bye. So, uh... I think I, I, I told Carrie before that the key is not telling anybody what's in the drink. Very true. Very true. You um, just have to let them just, you know... I just much like the herring salad, you just got to let people run with it. But, of course, <laughs> the, the problem with herring salad is that it's called herring salad. Yeah, you, really be can't, like, you can't fool anybody. It'd be that. like the chicken broth drink being, this is chicken broth and vodka, you know? I, um... I'm just trying to envision what a yogurt-based drink would look like because it's 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 thick. You're not gonna that's not gonna roll down your throat pretty. Yeah, again, I guess like Carrie was saying, it must be must be blended, you know, until <laughs> until you get it pureed almost. It uh, it would it would remind me of um that show uh, No Reservations with Anthony Bourdain. If you yes. ever see that, he was in Mexico, and apparently one of the beverages is like the. Secretion from this cactus-like plant that they like bury underground, and they serve it in plastic buckets, Ooh. and it's got a mucus-like consistency to Good, it. Yeah. And they, um, you have you flavor it with like sweeteners or whatever. But uh, it's the only time that he was like very, very deathly ill after. And you know he eats yeah. weird things in like Vietnam. So well, when you said when you started with secretion, I was expecting it to go <laughs> in a much worse direction. Well. At least it was a cactus-like plant. Good. Um, well, I guess we can real quickly, before we go to the picks, discuss a little bit about Georgia. Um, I watched it on TV. Tim was at the game. Um, I'm going to make the observation that uh, I think Georgia has a whole lot more offensive team speed than I've seen in a long time. They did. They looked really good. And to me, the, the most encouraging part, which I guess is going to be answered a little bit more concretely this weekend was that the offensive line wasn't as apocalyptically bad as everyone was making out to be and I, I guess I had bought into that. I was just worried that it was going to be a non-stop scramble for Stafford and he was just going to get pounded. I mean, he only got sacked twice and I mean, it seemed to me that he had adequate protection. Right. However, they, you know, that was a Oklahoma State's defense. But 
I think that was that was encouraging. And yeah, I thought the receivers looked good. For you know, from what I'd heard, I guess it was just an aberration that Tony Wilson had a little bit of case of the drops there in the game. Well, and and even even his drop, he was the one who you know Marino. We could just you know you know talk about him for hours, but um, Tony Wilson, they ran a couple screens to him, and he's fast. I mean, he's really really fast, and I think. Having him, Henderson, and Marino gives them three, you don't want to say deep threats because you want someone a little taller to be the deep threat, but they give you good options for, for quick screens um, and some playmakers who can get you 15, 20 yards pretty easily, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Sean Bailey looked good coming back. Nice big catch down the sidelines. I still say that was the best uh, best pass ever through all day. Yeah. I mean, there was a guy on Bailey's back, and he threaded the needle and got into him, and then Bailey made a great play after catching the ball, so... And uh, defense was incredible against the world's was the world's world's greatest, greatest offense. World's yeah. greatest offense. Yes. Well, if that's the case, then we should be uh, pretty good. Fourteen now, points against the world's greatest offense. Now, building on that, we'll go into the controversial land here, uh, sort of football related. And you talked about this on the the Cover Two blog. Uh, Adarius Bowman's family yeah. in town for the recruiting. Um, his I guess Adarius's brother being recruited by Georgia. And understandably, they showed up in Oklahoma State attire, and the Georgia recruiting staff said, "You can't wear that here. We're, you know, this is the University of Georgia. We invited you down here. Um, I would assume, maybe I'm wrong, but that they are providing some sort of—I don't know the NCAA rules on this—that they're providing at least some sort of compensation and providing tours or doing something to make this an official visit for them." Actually, I think it was an unofficial visit. Was it an unofficial visit? Yes, okay. I, well, think it's I guess that maybe that clouds the situation a little bit, but maybe Georgia wasn't as tactful in how they handled it. But I don't think it's an unreasonable request to say, if you're here visiting our school and sitting with our recruits, could you at least wear white? Yes, I think that is certainly the case. I mean, and we don't know what's going on, and you have to. I guess you're just going to have to believe whatever the parents said. Um, and if that, if their version of the story, which was they got on the bus and that uh, member of the recruiting staff, a woman came up and told her, the Bowman's mother, either take that off or leave. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they were handed new tickets, I suppose, which the, the recruiting staff ripped the top off of and then made them go to a separate gate. So when they got to the new gate, they, the gate wouldn't let them in because the top had been torn off of the tickets. Mm-hmm. And they wound up for them, I guess, missing maybe the kickoff or getting there right before kickoff or something. But yeah, so of course that's not how it should have been handled. But it's definitely not unreasonable, just like you were saying. It's like, I don't want all the recruits sitting around two people that are cheering for the other team. I mean, well, that, that just makes that makes sense to me. I mean, if... This is George's time, you know. This is this kid to see all these kids' time to yeah. see how Georgia plays, how Georgia. Well, and and I think we're and we're not saying that they should have been rude to him. You know, they should have. You know, they again probably someone along the way could have been a little more tactful with some things. And from what I can gather from the news accounts, is that the one person who looked great was Rick. That right. Rick was very conciliatory, very apologetic, went out of his way to try to smooth things over, and she even thanked him for that. But. I, I just and Rick always looks great, doesn't he? Yes, he's he's a handsome man. Yeah, <laughs> I need a bowl of his uh, hair, I guess. Well, so I mean, four hundred dollars, <laughs> or we four dollars. We can go lower, yeah, I guess, right. for that. Um, There's a lot of really bad sound bites on this for me, aren't there? There really are. <laughs> I would love to eat a bowl of Mark Rick's hair. <laughs> um, well, but I, I just uh, so I, I guess that's our whole take on that. I, I just you know could have been handled better, but ultimately 
I mean, wear wear white. I mean, because I, I make it a tradition of. And we talked about this in the beginning that I like to wear. I, I didn't say this, but when I go to an away game, like if you're just playing and I'm not being recruited because Lord knows I'm not athletic. Um, <laughs> if we're you're uh, mentally athletic. Thanks, man. If but if we go like to Tennessee or someplace, I typically wear white. Partially because I don't want to have the crap beat out of me if I say anything stupid, though I guess the color of my shirt really won't make any difference in no. that category. But um, I, I just always wear white, so I, you would think that they would have been able to do that, or I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I just wear whatever I've been wearing the whole rest of the season, so I don't really change my color depending on if I go away. But I think it was just common sense that they should have at least foreseen that that would have been an issue. Are you going to wear the Season of Desire shirt to the Carolina game? <laughs> no, I think <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the one, the same shirt that I wore last week. That was, uh, that was, uh, I wore it last year, but I've, I've sort of given up on lucky shirts. You know, sometimes I need to find. I'm sure I, I can track one down for you. I'll see if I can get you another good shirt. Well, that, I, but I've worn the Season of Desire shirt for all the tech games since you gave it to me. We won those, so I think I'm just going to reserve it for completely neutral affairs or okay. tech games. Or uh, could you wear that to work? Did you get away with that? I would know, you know, I don't know. Maybe on a Crazy T-shirt Friday, which is yeah, that pr- only on leap years on the 29th of February. Okay. If, if, it, if it's if on a Friday. If it's a Friday. Yeah, right. so okay. it's very rare, but if that day, I will definitely wear that T-shirt. Okay, good. Um, who will be laughing if next year is leap year and it's on a Friday? Yeah. I will, obviously. I'll be laughing all the way to Popularityville and work. That's an awesome shirt, Tim Kelly. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, you only get to see it every maybe four years. <laughs> Could be 27. Who knows? Yes, exactly. Um, well, I guess we'll pick some games. We uh, might as well do that. We've been talking for a while. Um, we're going to pick this one. and we had I didn't have it on here sooner, but I have a note about it. Um, and I want to mention it because Wisconsin is playing at UNLV. Now, that's weird enough to me. Well, even weirder is Wisconsin and UNLV have a bizarre rivalry slash series going on. They've played four times since 2002. Right. Uh, this will be the fourth time. And including a uh, UNLV beat Wisconsin 23-5 to in 2004. Hmm. Uh, or 2003, I think, actually. Um, well, I guess I could look that up if I really had the energy for it, but that seems weird to me. Yeah. Well, why? I mean, they're... They're obvious rivals. They're, <laughs> True. I they're, mean, they're and, geographic rivals. And Badgers and running Rebels really don't like each other. No, obviously a lot of animosity between those two. And uh, you know, Wisconsin and Las Vegas and Nevada. I mean, they they just. Uh, I mean, I mean, that goes way back. Civil War stuff we're talking about here. Very, yeah. Very true. Do you think there's any connection to Jerry Tarkanian for this thing? <laughs> Probably. Probably. Okay. I mean, we might have to trace it back. Maybe maybe Tarkanian, there was maybe, some sort of... Maybe that guy who Larry Johnson and Stacey Ogman, those guys are sitting with in the hot tub, maybe he's from Wisconsin. Oh, wow. And okay. that's where it all goes from. Okay, that and they're like payback time. Yeah, exactly. Picture. Okay. So, but uh, Wisconsin plays, you know, the, I don't really think we should, you know, pitch or pick that game because well I did hear just today that uh, Wisconsin's one of Wisconsin's running back uh, running backs is now prohibited from playing in away games I saw that because what? he uh, was it Hill? Smith I think Lance Smith uh, oh, well that's not as impressive as, as Hill naturally but, but yeah but uh, yeah because he was I guess convicted of battery against his uh, girlfriend so 
He'll be uh, he'll be watching from the sidelines this weekend, I guess, as um, the rest of his team goes on and plays. Lance Smith, who gained 369 yards last year, so he's a third down back. Probably, uh, yeah. Well, uh, that's that's interesting uh, in some capacity, since we really have a lot of folks who follow Badger football up here. Yeah. So if you have any questions, just uh, we've dedicated a website to yes. Lance Smith, UNLV, and Wisconsin. <laughs> just those three. We this, only. This, I mean, it really is clean, old-fashioned hate between those two. Oh, it is. Gosh, yeah. Uh, well, well, okay, we'll actually pick games now. We're actually going to put the games up on the blog, um, the cover2.blogspot.com, and there's the dashes in between the and cover and cover and two, two spelled out. A little confusing, I know, but just bear with us. Um, but we'll actually put these up here, and you can feel free to put your own picks up there. And like I said, we're going to... Starting from this week on, we'll keep track, and there will be a prize at the end of the year. Right. Um, we had to determine what that's going to be. I just thought of it right now. Um, it could I be can, anything from I can, a case of Lone Star true. to maybe a full eight ounces of melted butter. Very true. The only thing I can assure you is the prize will not be my child. Uh, I, I, we won't give her away. Okay. Um, there, your money's going to have to be involved for that. Okay. So uh, we'll go to these games. The first one, let's let's do a do a little tricky one because I'm not sure what to make of either team. But uh, Navy's playing at Rutgers. Ah, Navy at Rutgers. I, you know, I always have this the soft spot in my heart for Navy, mm-hmm. being from Maryland and all. And uh, you know, I always like the uh, the little struggling academies to uh, come out and play well. And Navy's been looking pretty good recently. But I'm still going to ride that you know that Rutgers wave, and uh, I'm going to say Rutgers wins this one with all their offensive talent, Ray Rice. And, uh, what not? Yes. Uh, I kid you not, my father used to think, he asked, he asked me one time um, if Navy was located in the uh, Midwest. I said, that doesn't make any sense. Right. There's no ocean out there. Yeah, but. almost as dumb as having a supply school in, in land, <laughs> right? Navy supply school. <laughs> they would never do that. No. Um, yeah, I would agree with you here. I mean, Navy is always good because they can run for 300 yards a game, but uh, Rutgers... The defense is a lot better than folks make it out to be, and Ray Rice will get 125, 50 yards and score three touchdowns. And and they actually, you know, they returned the quarterback from last year. They've got a they got a pretty decent passing attack. So uh, I'll, I'll go with uh, with Rutgers in that one as well. The next one, I don't even know why we're picking this one. Michigan, Oregon. Uh, Michigan can't be a Division One AA team, then you know they should probably play in the Southern Conference instead. <laughs> I think. Well, you know, I, I'm all I'm inclined to say that you know Michigan's going to. Uh, bounce back and, and, and win this game, but from what I've read and what I've heard and what I've seen, apparently Oregon has a very similar offense to Appalachian State, mm-hmm. uh, and that could pose trouble, but there's no way this happens again. Michigan's going to win this game. I will uh, counter that and pick Oregon. All I'm right. going to go Oregon on that one, and uh, and I would also point out, I put this up there, but you know, it, and it, it, MGO blog, the Michigan blog, is one of the best sports blogs out there, um, it's 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 very good. Those folks do a great job. But you want high comedy? You go read those comments the, for the open thread during the Appalachian State game. They didn't know what the process. It was probably like hearing a Georgia fan discuss a loss to Southern Mississippi in 1996. So, but I'll counter that. I will go with uh, with Oregon on that one, and um, we'll we'll see how the Ducks do. I think a similar offense. I think they got a chance to to, to do some damage. Wolverines. Which, by the way, just real quick, uh, just and I know this is getting too long, but 
The other day, I was so tired, and it got to be like 10 o'clock, and I was flipping the channels, and I saw Red Dawn coming on AMC, and I was like, well, let's watch the very beginning, because I love when they all parachute down in. And I wound up watching the entire movie. I did the exact same thing. <laughs> it was, it was like Saturday or like a Friday or something. I don't know. It was somewhere. It might have been different days because this was definitely during the week and I had to go to work in the morning. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I got to go to bed. It was like, well, just I'll just watch the next commercial. And I was like, well, now I got to watch. And so I kept watching, kept watching. And I was like, before I knew it, it was all over. And man, I mean, I was, it, of course, I was a little bit tired, but man, my soul felt a lot better the it, next day. It did. I, I have been arguing for a long time. We need a. Uh, a remake of Red Dawn doesn't have to be the Russians. We can, you know, lump Al Qaeda or North Korea together, and I don't know, you know. But I think we'll lose the, the, the campy greatness of it. You know, I think it's just that's why it was made. You know, I don't know. I guess, I guess it may, it could be an actually good movie. But now it's just so bad that it's good. You know. The, well, I think the highlight is obviously Powers Booth explaining how the war happened. Oh yeah. When they ask who was on our side. Yeah. And they asked if you know one. It's it is ridiculous to think that any European country would sit out that conflict. Yeah. Right. Um, because the second if they did, the second that war is over, we're gonna go kick their ass for for sitting for not helping us out. Second, uh, the second part of that is he he follows it up. He tells them that no one in Europe is on there, and one of the kids goes, "Well, who is on our side?" And he says, and I quote. A billion screaming Chinamen. No, actually, he says, uh, like, 500 million. And they said, well, I thought there was a billion. And he goes, there was. I mean, that is, I mean, good uh, lord. Yeah. That, that's, that's high quality. How, how that didn't win a, an award for original screenplay, I don't know. That cuts to the core of me. Yes, it's, uh, <laughs> anytime you can mix soft, soft bigotism or yeah. <laughs> prejudice in there, yeah. you know, wow. Uh, all right. But, um... Okay, so we'll, we'll move on. Speaking of Red Dawn, Notre Dame's at Penn State. Notre Dame is just a, they're a pile, man. <laughs> Penn State, I mean, I, I don't, we can't really know much of whether they went 59 to nothing, I guess, against Florida International. So, But still, I mean, 33 to 3 at home. They're starting a new quarterback. Charlie Weiss is just a mess. I mean, so I'm, I'm going Penn State. They are literally the, I mean, literally, I've, I've rarely seen it where a coach comes in and the team has regressed since he's been there. Yeah. They start out really strong and then steadily get worse and worse and worse. And granted, they've got a lot of question marks. I think they'll be okay. I, I say that, and they still haven't recruited anybody on defense who can run faster than a 5-4. Yeah. But um, they, I think they've got some serious long-term problems that they have to, they have to address. The last coach I can think of who regressed while being head coach was at Notre Dame, Ty Willingham. Ty Willingham, so, yeah. Um, I would, yeah, Penn, and Penn State's got a lot, plenty of offensive weapons. I think Penn State wins that one pretty easy. So, yeah. so we're both on that one. Uh, let's see, let's do Miami and Oklahoma. Well, you know, Oklahoma looked pretty good again against nobody. Um, Miami's still in a transition phase. And they, Miami just strikes me, they're still, Miami and FSU are very similar, you know. I think they just got some talent there. They just, they, they, they're just not all put together right. So, I'm going to go Oklahoma. In a, in, a, in a cruise. I'll pick Oklahoma, too. And the only thing that I really wish is that somehow they have um, uh, both Barry Switzer and Jimmy Johnson at the game. Hmm. Both also coaching the Cowboys. Yeah. Oddly enough. Yeah. Um, if they could also somehow bring out Brian Bosworth. Okay. And that guy who was the wide receiver at Miami who got fired from, like, 
Sunshine Sports oh, right, for yeah. the brawl. He was saying like that's he, how we do it or whatever. He wanted to get down there and mix oh, yeah, it up yeah, yeah, with yeah, them. Right. Yeah, class A. So I'll go Oklahoma as well. Uh, let's see. Alabama at Vanderbilt, an SEC game. This going to be a good one. I'm kind of curious to see how Alabama does. And I have it from a friend of mine who went to Alabama that he is he is very worried about this game, you know. But he's, and he's usually a cocky guy that doesn't really care. But he, he definitely is concerned about it. But I'm not. I, I think Alabama's going to win. I think Vandy keeps hangs around. they got a lot of talent. They're sort of like, you know, probably as good as they were. This is as good as they were with Cutler. Mm-hmm. But not having Cutler at quarterback. Uh, not still. sure really how what they make of that for Vanderbilt. Well, yeah, I know, but I, I think I'm just saying that they're they're a decent team, and I think that they'll keep it close, but for a while anyway. But Alabama pulls it. I would I agree. I, I I think Bama's had a lot of weapons that they've been sitting on, and Mike Shule didn't know how to utilize them, and Saban's starting to get them to realize what they can do. The fact that any Alabama team actually scored more than 30 points as they did last week was amazing to me. Yeah. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen that happen, so I'll go Bama as well. Um, see, we've got a few more to pick. Nebraska at Wake Forest, which would have been a whole lot more interesting had Wake Forest beaten Boston College last week. Yeah, I think Nebraska's going to take this one. I think they're, they're good offense, and that's enough. Wake Forest is... Cinderella runs over. Yeah, I think Nebraska will win this one too. They'll they'll be unbeaten heading into that uh, that Southern Cal game uh, next week. So, and speaking of marquee national games, the big one is in Baton Rouge, Virginia Tech at LSU. Yeah, I mean, I still Virginia Tech didn't look all that great. I don't know. There's probably a lot of emotion there against East Carolina and first game back after the tragedy. But you know, I I don't still think they're all that all that great. And LSU, I think, is so LSU is going to win. Yeah, I think they've got some serious question marks in offense. Um, I think defensively, Virginia Tech's about as good as they get in the country. But, um, I mean, offensively, Sean Glennon, is that even his name? Mm-hmm. He's, he's got some problems. He's, uh, he, they, he missed a lot of open receivers. They, they, they didn't provide him a lot of time. I, I really think and not just here. football problems. I think he might be bi- <laughs> maybe bipolar or... Yes. Or he's got psoriasis or cirrhosis or something. I, I'm not really sure, but he's got problems. He, um, uh, foot fungus possible. Okay, but that's it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Coach, I, I can't go today. Yeah. This is itching. Chronic. So I'll pick LSU as well. Well, and then the, uh, the home team, Georgia, uh, hosting South Carolina, Steve Spurrier, coming to Athens for only the third time. Yes. Once with Carolina, right. and then once with uh, Florida in the mid-90s, yeah, that, where yeah. he decided to just thrash us beyond belief well you know before last week I had you know I probably would have been picking a different way but after seeing last week I'm going to say if we win it's going to be close you know I think I'm not going to I'm not prepared to say that we're national champions right now and I think that if our offensive line is going to get exposed they're going to get exposed early by a top-notch SEC defense which South Carolina has so Georgia wins but close okay I would uh, I would tend to agree with that. I think honestly that Georgia has had the chance to, if things click for him, because my whole contention I, I think South Carolina has a good defense, but I don't think it's a great defense. I think the thing in their advantage is that they're experienced, but I still think talent wise, Georgia has more talent defensively. It's just not as experienced. They I don't think have that, yeah. that mentality or they don't. But have regardless, that. they're better than Oklahoma State. Well, that's true. South, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of defenses that are better than yeah. Oklahoma State. Um, apparently, Appalachian State's defense is better than Oklahoma State. Yeah. So, um, but I would, I would agree. I think Georgia in a in a close one. I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Um, 
And, I mean, it would be really beautiful to um, beat Steve Spurrier three years in a row. That'd be very, really, really, really nice. Yeah. So. So we'll go Georgia on that one, and that that covers our picks. And so like really, I said, me and you are just we're vying Michigan, Oregon. That's our that's our market. Everything, method. yeah, everything hinges on that game because we everything else we matched up on. So. Yeah, I think all the other ones are pretty obvious. No, yeah, I mean Miami. I still Miami with Oklahoma was a tough one. Well, Carrie's got Miami. That's true. So she sort of stands alone in that one. So she could come out one and zero and beating us all. After what that. if, um, like, will we give her a prize if she wins? Will sure. we? Uh, well, yeah, definitely. Um, maybe some sort of, I'm trying to think here, uh, some sort of memento from this podcast particularly. Maybe this bottle cap I'm holding in my hand. That, that's good. That would be worth a lot of money. I'm sure she would love it. She loves yes. those types of things. Good. Trash. <laughs> uh, well, it has been about 56 minutes. <laughs> that's what we do here. Um, so we want to thank you for listening, if you still are. Um, we need to incorporate one of those little hidden clues to make right. sure folks are still paying attention but oh, put your picks up on the yes on the, put your picks up on the blog yeah. so uh, anyway on behalf of our boy Tim Kelly this is J Mac we thank you for joining us